everybody. Paul here. Welcome to Journey of the Roadrunner. This is actually the second podcast this week. Miracles happen. I'm recording for the first time from Florida. And um, we have a very special guest for this episode. It's my mom, Janice Stressner. Hi, mom. Hi, everybody. It's your first podcast ever. This is very interesting. <laughs> yeah, if you heard my last podcast um you may have heard that my father passed away suddenly on june 3rd if you didn't hear the last podcast you're hearing it now so it'll be three months on friday i'm hoping to post this on thursday he was um 74 years old which also happens to be the same age that his father died so you know if I follow tradition, I better make the most of this next 23 or 24 years. <laughs> but most likely, um, if I take after my mom's side of the family, I'll outlive most of you. So, <laughs> so there <laughs> you go. Rough. No worries. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we wanted to talk about, about my father. Um, he was b- born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. Um, he was the youngest of five kids, so I'm sure he was um, spoiled rotten. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> He's from a German and Irish household. Uh, and the funny thing is, each of his brothers and sisters were all three years apart, so I, you know, it, it makes it easy to remember all their ages. <laughs> but my dad had um, two brothers and two sisters. So um, I'm just going to mention them. So if we go back to reference, you know who we're talking about. Uh, the oldest was my Uncle Vinny, who's also my godfather. Um, next was my Aunt Anne. Uh, and she was the only one from that side of the family that lived in Rhode Island the entire time I was growing up. Um, and next was Aunt Claire. She was in Rhode Island when I was very young. Then she moved to Virginia. And then she eventually moved back up to Rhode Island. We were very close. And... Um, you know, I had mentioned her last year. She she passed away. So that damn twenty twenty, not that twenty twenty one's much better. <laughs> um, see, I, no, that's right. And then, um, yeah. So Adriana and I had talked about her. I'll have to. I'll make a link to the episode. And then next is Uncle Walter, who is still in Colorado. And then there was my dad. And um, it's funny because um, um, with my aunt Claire. She's also married to my mom's uncle, so we're related, like, on both sides of the family. <laughs> and now we're going to pass this over to my mom, because ever the matchmaker, um, Aunt Claire introduced my parents to each other. <laughs> so apparently it was love at first sight, <laughs> so you could take it from there. So I was 16 years old, and I was working with my mom. She was my boss. But what happened was Aunt Claire or Claire, who now ended up being my sister-in-law, called my mom and asked my mom if she thought I could meet her brother because he was here visiting and he was going to be going to Vietnam. And she had two small children, which is my niece and my nephew. And she said, so he has really nothing to do. So maybe they could go to a movie or go to the beach or do something together. So we will keep I, I guess I was going to keep him occupied <laughs> so anyway we ended up um, I ended up saying yes okay I'll go and I went and Aunt Claire prepared a meal she said she was going to make a nice meal for us she set the table up and she put a separate table from their regular dining room table with two chairs and so now the dinner comes out and what is it Spaghetti and meatballs. <laughs> My first date, 16 years old, and I'm having spaghetti and meatballs. And now how do I eat spaghetti and meatballs in front of a first date? But before that happened, when I walked in the door and was introduced to Paul, he was watching television. And I looked and I said, what are you watching? He said, I said, it looks like Superman. And then he stood up <laughs> and said, yes, of course. I said, I, I, it was just so funny. That um, don't fall far from the tree, by the way. <laughs> so anyway, I, 
I, I have to try to think back, but I think he did have his uniform on. So, you know, that was well, like we'll very we'll try and impress you. impressive. <laughs> but at any rate, um, so we had our dinner. And that day, I think we just hung around the house. And, um, you know, they had the children, they had the niece and nephew there, which were my cousins. It's so confusing. <laughs> but anyway, so we, it was a nice day. It was in the summertime. So that was in July. So we went outside and, and just talked and whatnot. So then I went the next day as well. It was, this was a three-day deal. <laughs> so the second day I went, and that night we went to a movie. So that was very nice because there was a, a Meadowbrook Cinema, which was very close by. So we went there. And I think we went for, like, ice cream afterwards. Do you remember what movie it was? No, I don't remember the movie we saw. (laughs) I don't know if that means anything, but (laughs) I don't know what movie Uh it was. (laughs) No, nothing nothing happened then. (laughs) So anyway, um, so then the third third day I went again, and I believe we took a walk along the beach because they lived Aunt Claire and Uncle Bernard or... Uncle Bernan and my sister-in-law, Clea, <laughs> lived near Oakland Beach. So we, we walked along the beach there. It was, it was nice. And so then it was time for me to leave. And so he said, I said, he said to me, do you want to write to me when I go to Vietnam? I said, yeah, I'll, I'll write to you. And I don't, actually, I don't even remember who said it first. If I said, can I write to you? Or if he said, will you write to me? I just, you know, it was, we're talking over 50, <laughs> almost 55 years, we're talking 55 years ago. So some of the things are kind of blanked in my mind. But anyway, I said, but you have to write first because I'm going to need your address. So I gave him my address and he was going to Vietnam for a year and we wrote to each other. And some of those, I used to send him perfumed uh, letters, scented perfumed letters. Uh, Whether or not he's in Vietnam, whether or not he could even smell them by the time he got it, I don't know. But anyway, um, you know, and then then it was like St. Patrick's Day uh, time. So I send him a St. Patrick's Day and I say to him, "Um, I hope you're wearing green. Now he was in the (laughs) army. He said, I can't believe you said that. <laughs> um, and so, um, and, and then there was another card I sent and said something about, here's mud in your eye. And it's like, <laughs> here he is in the monsoons. So he used to get a big kick out of that. And then I'd send him packages. I sent him a package at Christmas time. And it, most of the stuff was good, but I guess the cookies turned as hot as a rock because by the time they get the stuff there, you know, oh, he's and, lucky if he got any. Yeah, and that's the other thing. Sometimes he didn't always get his packages. So, anyway, so that's the one year writing back and forth. And just to let everyone know, I still have every letter that he wrote to me, and they're all in very good condition. So, anyway, um, once I can get myself settled and whatnot, I will one day sit down and read the letters. Right now, it's a little bit difficult. So. Anyway, um, so well, he, we started going through them a little bit, and I think it's funny how like, what was it that he didn't say "I love you" for a certain amount of time? Well, he he insisted. Yeah, he insisted. <laughs> we were having a conversation, and the kids were here visiting. I don't think it, I think it was at a, at Christmas time when we finally were all together a couple of years ago before COVID, and he said. And I used to put say, love you. I said, you didn't tell me you love me until after you got out of Vietnam and you came to see me. And he said, no, I did. But I never took the letters out to show him. But once he passed away, I took the letters out to show the kids. And there it said, miss you, Paul. Next letter, miss you, Paul. <laughs> but that's as far as I could get. So anyway, he did just say miss you. <laughs> so I won that battle. <laughs> I don't know that he knows that, but I did win that. Um, and he, once he we he came back home and we started dating. Yeah. Um, well, first, I should point out with in Vietnam, um, you know, to talk more about him. He also um, got a Purple Heart um, and a Bronze Star, a Bronze Star for bravery, and then um, the Purple Heart 
uh, I think it was somebody who was like running in front of him and they hit like a landmine and he got hit with a shrapnel from it so he was injured so he got a purple heart from that yeah so then uh, yeah and he was hospitalized and everything as far as I know yeah he was hospitalized but he was over there for a year and then what was after that then he after the, his time was up would he go to Fort Dix or something yes he went to Fort Dix for I believed it got out in July so he was that was Vietnam got out in July so he, he I think he had to serve another six months he got out in February mm-hmm. of the following year so yeah and also he had developed some sort of fever at one point in time and ended up at a hospital in Japan they never knew what was wrong and so he had developed a fever and to this day he never knew what happened but um, we were married for a few years and he had this fever like came back and they said that it wasn't malaria they don't know what it was had specialists looking and whatnot so anyway nothing else ever came of that so hmm. uh, but that's why he has um, well um, he um, we found out that I think he was like exposed to Agent Orange and all that so who knows it might have had something to do yeah with that because it caused all kinds of health problems. All right, so then when he, he then he, he ended up getting out, and he was still living in New York, and he was in he was like he would come to visit you in Rhode Island. Yeah, he came to visit me in Roma, Rhode Island. He would try and come every other week, or at least once a month. And he while he was, and once he got out of the service, he did go back to college, uh, for uh, a little bit, um, and so it was a little bit more difficult to see him because he had studies and whatnot but there's a funny story about that college <laughs> so he, he was trying to figure out what courses should he take so he had to take a language so I said oh well take French I had 13 years of French so I would be able to help you plus well, my mom is 100% French by the way <laughs> <laughs> so so he took French and and how was I helping him? He was in New York and I was in Rhode Island. So the teacher, he really, really tried and the teacher felt bad for him. So she passed him. <laughs> and he was like so frustrated. He says, oh my God, why did I take French? <laughs> so it was just a funny thing. Like, how was I going to show him French if I'm in He's in New York and I'm in Rhode Island, but that was just another yeah, funny thing Yeah, there was, there was no FaceTime back then. <laughs> right. And, oh, and when he called me, he used to call, well, he would call from home, but his, and his father had worked for the phone company. So he got most of his calls for free, but you only had a certain amount of time that you were allowed. When you were in management, you could only have so many hours of free telephone service. Well... We would be talking forever. So finally, he ended up having to go to the phone booth when the when the the I minutes were running all up. So we'd go to a phone booth and he'd put the coins in the phone booth, and you could hear the coins clicking in. <laughs> and then he was, of course, we weren't done with our phone conversation, so we had to always get a whole bunch of coins to put in the phone <laughs> to to call me. So that was another funny thing. <laughs> uh, and, and then. Uh, that you got married. And then we got married, and we got married on Valentine's Day. Yeah. So um, it just worked out well because, you know, it was in the winter, but we Valentine's Day came, and we decided that would be a good day to get married. So we got married on Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, your little miracle appeared. And then my little miracle <laughs> appeared, which it really was a miracle. <laughs> And he was born on Paul's birthday. She's talking about me. Yeah. <laughs> Paul Jr.'s birthday. Well, Paul, he was born, Paul Jr. was born on Paul's birthday. So one, once they didn't allow fathers in the, in the delivery, delivery room. room. So um, after he could, once he could come in and see me, I had had... Paul Jr. in my arms, and I handed him over to Paul, and I said, happy birthday for the rest of your life. (laughs) So that was his gift. (laughs) So anyway. That keeps on giving. (laughs) Yep, that's right. 
So that that was really really great. And, and we uh, lived in on the we like lived in Providence. Right. We lived apartment. in an apartment. Downstairs, the the um, landlords was an old Italian couple, <laughs> not too mean on Uncle Joe. Yeah. They spoiled me rotten. <laughs> oh yeah, they they could never have children, so they adopted my children <laughs> or our children, I should say. So yeah, I mean, he was very crafty, so we made him a sandbox. He painted dots so we could do the bowling ball. He made a swing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he he did all kinds of little things for the kids, and then Tracy came along. Am I ready to say that? Yeah. yeah. And then Tracy came along, three and a half years later. Oh, are we ever ready for that? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, she came along three and a half years later. The reason I want to say that was because of the fact that when she was born, and then she started walking and talking and whatnot. Auntie Lena always had her going up for coffee. <laughs> <laughs> So I know Tracy really loves coffee, and I think I know why now. <laughs> she got addicted at a very early age. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, you'd like uh, come up to get us, but then you wouldn't be able to leave because then she'd be offering you coffee and food and everything. Yeah, yeah. oh, it's funny. They were so nice. They loved the yeah. kids. But then uh, we, we lived there for seven years, and then after that we moved to uh, Warwick. Uh, and then we were saving and saving to buy a home. And Paul worked at a hotel. He worked at a lick store. He had all these extra jobs. I worked a little bit, you know. But he was working full time at the phone company. Yeah, right? he was working full time at the phone company. He had a good. That's when we got married. That was our honeymoon, by the way. <laughs> we got married. It was uh, Washington, or what do they call it now? birthday so that weekend we had a honeymoon and then for the following week he had to train for the phone company he, he was able to get a job for the New England telephone company and then three weeks after for the next three weeks after that we had to go to uh, Framingham Massachusetts so he could learn pole climbing and all the other stuff for the phone company so we were going back and forth from there so it was kind of an extended honeymoon, really, and the phone company paid for it, so oh, there you go. it was pretty good. Um, I don't know if I'm getting this wrong or not, but like, did he he like start off as a mechanic, and they asked if he knew how to work on cars, and he said, "Yeah," even though he didn't. <laughs> That's well, a... well, first he became an installer repairman, and then what happened was he wanted to go back to school and go full time and use the GI Bill, but um, when he went back to school, unfortunately. The PS, he had PST, PTSD. PTSD, oh my. He had PTSD from that. It was just way too much for him because he wanted to do school full time so we could get it done quicker. And he's working full time, so it became very overwhelming. So um, he ended up quitting the, the school, but um, he took like online course for mechanics. <laughs> online course for mechanics okay so he ended up going and working nights so um, he he could uh well I, that was when he went back to school though i got that mixed up he went a year for the phone company working installer repairman and then he worked nights so that he could get a full-time schooling done uh-huh. so that's what happened there yeah so anyway um yeah, uh, but he, he, he never worked on a car. I mean, he just <laughs> did the online course. <laughs> so, but he they they trained him. Well, when he got the job for the phone company, working as an installer repairman, he didn't know how to drive a stick shift either. Oh, I didn't. <laughs> so know that, that. The, the guy that he was going with for the first time, he Paul drove, and then of course he, he wasn't doing it correctly, and the guy said, "Do you know how to drive a stick shift?" <laughs> And he said, well, no, I never really did. And so the guy had to take him to, to the, uh, one of the garages that, for the, that phone company had, and he trained him how to use a stick shift. So it was, he had a lot of, we had a lot of funny things, little stories. At the time, sometimes it didn't feel that way, but especially when you're getting stressed out over that. But they gave him the job. 
uh, before we get like too far ahead, like around that time frame, he would um, take me to um, the hockey games. It was like the Providence Reds, and then became the Rhode Island Reds. So uh, even as big as the baseball fans as we are, like that's my first like sports memories. My dad used to take me to the hockey games, and then one time. Um, in between period, like a period had just ended and they were all going to the locker room and we were kind of sitting near where they were, you know, going into the locker room. I had my head sticking out watching all the players and then the referee came. I guess he thought I was cute and he handed me a puck. <laughs> so I still have that puck. So, <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, so that's like an old memory. I remember going to those games. I loved going. Yeah. Not only that, but your dad ended up playing, playing hockey for the phone company. company. Yeah. Oh, my heavens. <laughs> and he finally got a goal. <laughs> At one goal. He could hardly skate. <laughs> he didn't have that strength in his legs. <laughs> like hockey. You know, it wasn't working out like all these people do today. So Yeah. <laughs> uh, so. Yeah. So then, um, yeah, eventually... Um, you know, after my sister was born, a little bit after that, yeah, they had saved up, and then we moved to from the apartment to a house in Warwick. Um, yeah, I remember that there was like a lot of work that needed to be done, and like you know, with the help of my grandfather, like he helped, he you know became pretty handy. You know, he didn't have any like you know formal training or anything on how to you know fix things and everything. And they did a lot of work. Um, Oh, and that make that reminds me of time. You'll have to tell the story because I was little, but um, he wanted me to go get something out of the bathroom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I followed things pretty literally. <laughs> well, Tracy was only little she, when we moved there. She was three years old, and so he was working on the upstairs bathroom, and so the floor was kind of taken apart. The t- the tub was out of there. It was a mess. But yeah, there was no floor. That was just like the wood, the two by fours with all the spaces in between. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. So what happened was Paul was down in the cellar and he was out going up and down the stairs, up and down the stairs because it's two flights of stairs because that was the second floor and the cellar was, you know, in, the basement. in yeah. the basement. So he he yelled up to Paul, can you go upstairs and grab me the dustpan and brush and close the door behind you? So Paul went in the bathroom. I guess he grabbed the dustpan and brush and closed the door. <laughs> he stayed in the bathroom. So I hear Paul yelling. He's saying, where the hell is he? <laughs> I said, what are you talking about? He said, I asked him to go upstairs and get me the dustpan and brush. And so where is he? So I went upstairs and I said to Paul, Dad's waiting for you to give him the dustpan and brush. He said, well, he told me to close the door behind me. I said, oh, after you got it. Oh, it was just so funny. <laughs> so that was like a kind of a family joke <laughs> that we remember. And then um, a couple of years after that, my baby brother was born, Eric. Yeah. Yep, we had to save money to buy the house and fix the house, and so we waited a little bit. I said to to Paul, I don't want any kids after I'm 30. (laughs) (laughs) So we had Eric. Eric was born on November 11th. It's kind of funny how the kids all seem to be born on, the boys anyway, on specific days. Yeah, around the holidays, Um, yeah. So anyway, um, yep, he was born on November 11th. I was in labor outside on a porch, and they had a parade that used to go by because we had a VFW a few doors down, and that would be where they ended ended the parade. So they would go by, and so I was rubbing my stomach because Santa Claus came by, (laughs) and he did the same thing. It was so funny. But that was like around 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon when they came by, I think. Well, yeah, somewhere around there, 2 o'clock maybe. And then I... Was in, then I became good in labor. I ended up being in labor. So, and it happened that my brother and his wife came by the house. And so they came by around quarter past five. And I said, good, you came just in time to watch Paul and Tracy because <laughs> I'm in labor and I have to go to the hospital. 
So we got to the hospital at 5.30, and Eric was born at 6.30. He was in a hurry. <laughs> so that was very fast. Thank you, though, that, Eric. As opposed to me, that was long and torturous overnight, oh, I think. Oh, yeah, from 11 till 7.17 the next morning. So, yeah, so then Eric was born on November 11th, so he has a veteran holiday as well. Yeah. So that was kind of ironic about all of that. Yeah. So. Yeah, another f- funny story that I have, like when we were living at the house, um, I, I played um, baseball, so I practiced, like I had a tennis ball and I would throw it up against the garage and I practiced my pitching and um, fielding and stuff. Um, and there was... Uh, the, there were windows on the side of the garage that was like one big huge window and then on the top I think it was like it had like six smaller panes and then I would break each one <laughs> with my wild throws so I'd break one and then my dad would put in plexiglass to replace it but instead of doing all of them he would just do whatever I broke so then, then next thing you know I like break another one <laughs> he replaced it it got down to where there was one real window left and i managed to hit that one too <laughs> uh. so yeah he'd have to i kept him busy <laughs> yeah but he was good with all he didn't like formally like coach any of my teams because like you know he was working a lot and stuff a lot of overtime and everything because um my mom was like a stay-at-home mom at the time because we were all basically home because Eric was just a baby. and um, But he would like teach me in the backyard. He'd throw me pop-ups and then he'd help with the, he'd help the coaches whenever he was around and stuff. So yeah, he's like a big, huge baseball fan. He used to go, he lived in Brooklyn and the, I believe the Dodgers left and 1957 so he would have been like around 11 or so when they left so then he became a Yankees fan so then he he was there with the big heyday with um the huge Yankee teams with um, Mantle and Maris and all that so he, he always used to tell me the stories and that's another thing too that um when I was little he had uh these books and it had um like he used to save like newspaper clippings of all the articles and stuff so there were some baseball ones, and then the whole um, Kennedy assassination. Uh, and then the, the space program. He was really into the space program and stuff. So I used to, like, I'd be looking through those. Like, I'd be reading books. that, And then he'd have, like, fo- he had, like, a photo album from his time in Vietnam. So I used to obsess over that. So I used to... It would be just like reading a book for me. i just always go through all the pictures and everything. It would be so cool because I had like older cousins. Whenever we see, whenever you know they came over, you could tell they they all like kind of idolized him. They looked up to him and stuff. So yeah, okay, it made me proud. <laughs> so we can go back. I want to go back a little bit and talk <clears throat> a little bit about Eric and Tracy. So when Tracy was growing up, she did gymnastics and yep. dance. So he went to all of her gymnastics and dance classes and helped sometimes with the carpooling uh, when he wasn't working and and he enjoyed it very much he just loved seeing her he couldn't get over how well she did on the balance beam I can't even believe it myself especially now only because she's so afraid of heights and yet she did so beautifully on the balance beam so that was um that was he he just enjoyed all the children but one of the funny things i have to say because i have to bring this up with eric he was little and we didn't have a fence in yard and so i said it's going to be hard not to have a fence up at least we have the swing set and he can go in the yard and play on the swing set and i don't have to worry about him getting out of the yard well put we paid money put the fence up and put him in that yard he'd scream and holler and cry well because now his brother and sister didn't have to be in there so now he wanted to be with them so i don't even think that fence lasted a year we had to take it down forget it well what happened was like there was like one small little corner 
of the fence oh. on like to, between like the f- front porch and then the post. It was like a tiny little space, and he managed to like get out there. <laughs> oh, so, <laughs> so, so then my dad had to like put in a post to block that. Like, yeah, put in a new post to block the hole and everything. Oh, <laughs> Eric, Eric. <laughs> So anyway, um, yeah, and so we got involved with the all of the little league and pal baseball with the sons. Oh, and he even enjoyed seeing Tracy playing softball. She did oh, softball. softball yeah. And the other thing she also did was soccer. So yeah. she played soccer at Pilgrim for uh, I don't know, I think she just did it for a year. But you know, but at that point in time, I think she was still doing gymnastics too. So. We were very busy with all the three children, and he enjoyed every moment of it. He yep. really did. He was proud of all three of them. Yeah, yeah, he loved doing all that. Yeah, yeah, and then he, um, then like by the time my brother was going to school, my mom ended up um, working at the bank, <laughs> and then, um, then like then my dad um, ended up coaching my brother's teams. I think he was a manager. And stuff he used to teach the t-ball kids and everything and some of them probably still remember him <laughs> yeah he was like a really good coach like he was a really good coach to me so he was like really good with them too yeah so he was always active with that he was like a, a kid himself so <laughs> mm-hmm. i thought we were going to mention eric and how much oh. he loved school <laughs> and what even though i worked i don't know Somebody had an awful lot of belly aches. <laughs> oh, help. But anyway, he, he managed to do very well and get through it all. Hmm. So that's all that counts. Oh, speaking of like not liking school, he, he might have taken after Aunt Claire for that because Aunt Claire hated school. Oh, and, yeah. And uh, I'm sure you know this. You probably maybe you know better than me. Um, like... My aunt Claire wouldn't want my dad to go to school, so he'd like skip school, and then she would write the sick note to the teacher. And then this one time, my dad was really, really was sick, and so then my grandmother wrote the note, and then then she got called in because they said that he brought in a forged signature, but it was really hers. Well, so he, they got busted, right? Was that, am I telling that right? Yeah, well, the thing of it is, too, though, is that he had strep throat a lot of times during opening day of baseball games. <laughs> so, his, but his father was okay with it. It was his mom that said, I, I, I can't put that. And he took him to the game. And so now he comes home and he's got a sunburn because they oh, yeah, sit out right. in the bleachers. She says, how am I supposed to say that he had diarrhea if he's all sunburned? <laughs> <laughs> so that would be it. Oh, too funny. Yeah, Aunt Claire was good. I think she probably wrote notes for all of the yeah, brothers yeah. and sisters. <laughs> Not so much Anne. Anne was very good with school. She, yeah. <laughs> she, she liked going to school. But no, Claire could walk in the front door and out the back. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah. And the other thing Claire did, and that's why we call Paul was spoiled, was... Everybody, because it was such a big family, they all had their chores to do. So they had turns doing the dishes at night after um, supper. And so what would happen would be, now when it's Paul's turn to do the dishes, Claire would say to him, well, if you give me a kiss, I'll do the dishes for you. (laughs) And so that's how he got out of doing the dishes. (laughs) Just letting you know, Walter, if you're listening to this. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should also bring up, too. But yeah, all the stuff keeps coming to my head. Like they used to play stickball in oh, Brooklyn yeah. and stuff. So, yeah. He, he broke his collarbone playing stickball. Yeah. Um, yeah. Was that his best friend, Paul Brown? Yeah, they <laughs> made into him, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, unfortunately, we should mention Paul, too. Unfortunately, he passed away from COVID last year. Uh, um, yeah, it was like my my uncle, and my mom's brother, passed away last year. And so I think it wasn't like you were like on your way home when 
Yeah, we Paul found died. out about Paul. Yeah. yeah, so it was like back to back. <laughs> well, that same year is when Aunt Claire, Aunt Claire my Aunt and, Carol, and Carolyn, Uncle Walter's yeah. wife. Yeah. So it was. It has not been a good couple of years. That's yeah. all for sure. Yeah. So it's nice to sit here and come up with some. Yeah, reminisce and yeah, especially the funny good, stories and good, stuff. Good memories. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so. Um, yeah. Well, then I guess we could continue on with some other not so good memories like I was I joined the Navy as most of you know and then when I went to the Gulf War and then when I was when the ship was on its way back apparently my dad had his first heart attack and then um yeah then then I like came home on leave after that I think I had like a month leave so he was all excited I was coming home because um we used to go to the Pawtucket Red Sox all the game all the time um we after the games we'd go and wait outside the locker room I'd get autographs from all the players and stuff um so uh he was all excited because the Pawtucket Red Sox were playing um new teams that we hadn't seen before they had expanded the league so he was looking forward to that so then I had um gotten home and then he had another heart attack and then he had to have triple bypass surgery that time I was home. Uh, yeah, so that was 30 years ago. <laughs> yep. 30 years. Yeah. But he made it. Yeah. And so he gave us 30 more great years together. Yeah, and that's like a miracle that <laughs> he was able to survive that. Yeah. So then um, he was kind of like basically forced to retire from the phone company because he probably couldn't be like climbing telephone poles with that condition and everything so um when he was home i think it was before he was going to school he started to um keep busy he started watching um bob ross after his his heart attack that's what he was doing because he had to stay put and you know took took a while and so he would sit home he'd do his little try and do his little walk and whatnot he'd come home and put Bob Ross on and that's when he started getting into the painting yeah yeah because yeah when he gets into something he obsesses over it as we have like a huge (laughs) (laughs) we have like an art gallery that would make any artist jealous (laughs) so like he watched it then he started like recording them on the VCR and then he get all the art supplies and stuff so then he watched it on the VCR and he like do the paintings and everything um he was always artistic though he used to do develop his own pictures i remember he was like into that yeah and then also around that time he got into like watching tennis he loved like bud collins was an announcer and once we went to the um tennis hall of fame tournament and bud collins was there and he got a the book autographed by him then my dad told him how grateful he was for him because he helped him get through like his health issues and stuff um yeah, so then he ended up, when he recovered enough, then he went back to school for... Um, Medical med- assistant. Yeah, yeah. So then, yeah, because he couldn't go back to the phone company, so he was able to talk to a senator to try and get funding to go back to school to get some kind of a trade. So um, they did take care of him, and he did go back to school, and he got the trade of a medical assistant. So he worked for a dermatologist for about two years, I think. But then his health problems all came about because he ended up with a lot of blockages from the Agent Orange. He had um, cardiovascular disease, so he had to, he had many surgeries. After the open heart, he had at least, I wanna say at least 13 more different surgeries for blocked arteries in the carotid in his neck and his legs so um i thought it's what kind of led to his demise he became diabetic actually when he was working with dr payer for the dermatologist they were having a little uh, clinic type thing to test people to see if they were diabetic or not so we just decided well maybe i ought to do that because i have been drinking a lot lately and whatnot so he went and they said you need to go see a doctor right away. I forget what the doctor is for diabetes, but anyway, he he went and yeah, he became he was a diabetic. He never had to go on insulin. He really no. watched his diet and he just was on regular medication for it. But yeah, you know, 
with the arteries and the cholesterol was always way too high. He tried everything he could, a lot of medication, but... Yeah, my grandfather had diabetes, his father, and he actually had part of his leg amputated. Uh, we, I remember we went out for their um, 50th anniversary, and he had to wear, like, two thick pairs of glasses to be able to see, so... Yeah, so it's like kind of like in the family too with the diabetes. But that Colorado, we should talk about like vacations and stuff. Like that Colorado trip was one of my favorites for that my grandparents' fiftieth anniversary because they had moved in the early seventies. They had moved to Colorado from New York mm-hmm. along with um, my uncle Walter and Aunt Carolyn. Mm-hmm. So um, yes, yeah, so we took a few trips out there. I remember <laughs> that was always fun. Um, we they, used you know, they lived on a, a golf course, like a, yeah, yeah, like a condominium type townhouses or whatever on a golf course. So he really enjoyed that. He had a deck and he would watch all the players playing. My father-in-law and I also want to say that I had the best mother-in-law and father-in-law. I will not be one of those people that say and put down mother-in-laws and father-in-laws. I was very fortunate. They, I loved them, and they loved me, and it was a wonderful relationship. So it was, I was very lucky. So uh, they were very good to us, and they were good to all their family. So um, those trips were really wonderful. We went out there. Um, the first time we went out there, Paul was young because yeah. they had only been there for a little while. And um, so we, we went out there that time. Then Tracy was born, and so we wanted them to see Tracy. So we went, took another trip and took Tracy so they could see their granddaughter, Tracy. And then for their 50th anniversary, Eric was born. Yeah. So then we all went. And a, a funny thing happened with that. Um, at the church that we belonged to, they had a school there too, and they were having a raffle and the raffle was, I think it was for like $500 first prize. And I forgot all about it because ki- the kids all went to school there. And I said, oh, I forgot to put the raffle tickets in. So I ran over and hurried up and put the raffle tickets in. And the next thing I know, the next day I get a phone call. Because this is our trip. We were going to Colorado. And they said, we won first place. <laughs> so, you know, with three children growing up and I wasn't working, that came in so handy. So that was like, <laughs> like a miracle. It was so nice. So these are some of the nice things that happened to us over yeah. the years. Yeah. Uh, I remember we had like the, you know, the old school station wagons with the fake wood paneling. We took a trip to Tennessee, Knoxville, Tennessee. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the 1982 World's Fair. Yep. So, yep, I remember driving down there. <laughs> was a friend of mine that I am actually still friends with, Jeannie and Larry, and uh, we went to stay with them. And they took us to Dollywood and mm. the World's Fair. We did all kinds of things. So, you know, it was really, it's really good. Have We have a lot of good friends, mm. I have to say, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, Cynthia um, was my maid of honor when I got married. Unfortunately, her boyfriend at the time was uh, in Vietnam, so he wasn't able to be with us, but he became the godfather of Tracy, and Cynthia's the godmother of Paul. (laughs) So it it all kind of worked out. And then we're very happy that we were also in their wedding party. So uh, Paul was best man, and I was matron of honor. Yeah. Best, good friends, very good friends, best friends forever. Yeah, so. yeah, they're like family. <laughs> we're, they're, we're just they family. Are family. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yep, had great times, always little parties, and then yeah, I remember you guys keeping us up on New Year's Eve. You oh yeah, all well, the New Year's Eve, Eve parties. <laughs> oh, some of the parties we went to, we went to this one place one time. And there was a guy, he was so drunk, it was just so, he was ridiculously drunk, and it was so funny. So he, we're all sitting there at the table, and he comes over to us between Paul and me, and he said, do you want to see my socks? 
And so Paul says, okay, yeah, show us your socks. He pulls his pants down and shows us his socks. Oh, it was quite the quite a party. And then we went to another restaurant one time because I said, I know the chef, so we'll be able to get in there. It won't be that hard to get in there. We waited and waited. Oh, my goodness. I think we had to wait an hour, over an hour and a half, or at least that. Everybody was so mad at me. Nobody <laughs> wanted to go out for New Year's Eve ever again, but we did. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So yeah, we had a lot of parties, and then we went on a lot of cruises together. So yeah, yeah, we went on a lot of cruises with family members and friends. So we went on a cruise with. Our first cruise was our 25th anniversary. That was our first cruise. And so, um, and we came back and they had a surprise 25th anniversary party for us. <laughs> so that was really nice. And then um, on some of the other cruises that we went on, um, we went to Alaska, we've been to Bermuda, we've been to Panama, through the Panama Canal, uh, all the Caribbean. So it, it's, it was great. And we went with friends like Sin and Bob, I went with my friend down here, Ian and Frank, I uh, went with Michelle and Jimmy and Walter and Carolyn and Bill and Marge. The, we just have so many friends. It was, it's just been, I hope I didn't miss anybody, but uh, there's so much to think about. There's so many good memories, so I don't want to leave anybody out, but it, it was just, we loved cruising. Now I would be very hesitant to go on a cruise with this COVID. Yeah, I mean, not to bring things down, but you had your 50th anniversary, and then you were supposed to go on a cruise for that. Yeah, we were supposed to go but, to Hawaii. Yeah, but then, yeah, my mom got sick, and it was before they were doing covid test and before any of that was done so who knows my mom might have had it. It was like right at the very beginning. It was like just before everything shut down. Yeah, like a month before, probably, because in February, yeah. I think everything shut down in the middle of March here, but the virus was already like going around by then. Yeah, so I went to the doctor, and she tested me for the flu. I didn't have the flu. So she said, you just have a virus. I said, okay, so what do I do? And she said, nothing really. I didn't have a fever. That was one of the things I didn't have was a fever, but I was aching all over, and I was so exhausted. So when I went to see her uh, this past year, I asked her, do you think I could have had that COVID? And she said, yes, I do. Uh, so it was a good thing we didn't go on that cruise. Yeah. But we had the insurance, so we lucked out. And um, unfortunately, we missed Hawaii. So maybe Paul is seeing Hawaii wherever he's at. Yeah. Because <laughs> so. you know he would have tried surfing, knowing him. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> We got pictures of him. He went on a horse. I had sprained my ankle on the cruise, and he wanted to go on a horseback tour, which we had already paid for. So he, I said, go ahead, go, go. I'll be fine. I can't do anything here. What are you going to do, sit here and watch me with my foot up? So he went, and there's a beautiful picture of him on a horse yeah. from that cruise. <laughs> that was so, good, yeah. so it was so good. It was good to see the smile on his face, and so I'm glad he was able to do the things that he wanted to do. Yeah, and speaking of photos, when we came down here after he passed away we found a, a a package of photos that we hadn't seen in a while from his 40th birthday <laughs> oh, that was funny oh it was in his drawer it wasn't where all of the other pictures were it was in his drawer by the bed stand and by the bed and i said and it was in the bed stand i said Oh, what are these? And we took it out, and it was the belly dancer. <laughs> we had it at Sin and Bob's house, and we did a surprise party. But he he didn't know that we were going to have a belly dancer. So Sin was able to. It was somebody that was uh, there was a teacher at the school, and I guess his wife did belly dancing. So they she was able to get this belly dancer to come. So we thought, because we thought that would be funny for his 40th. So she came, she did, she was really good. We have such fantastic pictures. So then now it's all over. And so he's going around the room, shaking all the guy's hands, saying, thank you, thank you. 
And they all said, it wasn't us that did it. It was your wife and your friend, <laughs> Cynthia. I said, so. <laughs> and so there's a picture of him kissing me. <laughs> uh, he got all into it, too. She was feeding him grapes. And <laughs> yeah. He got over to dance with her. There's a picture of him dancing with her and everything. Yeah. He, just, he wasn't shy. <laughs> no, he was just, you know, he was just, he was just a fun guy. He really was. Yeah. Yeah. He he was ready for whatever came his way. He was you know always acceptable to whatever ideas or things that we wanted to do. So it was nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What else was gonna go? With? Oh no. Um, yeah. Then yeah, we and you ended up moving down here. So um, to Florida. So like after he was like. You had to retire, and then you decided to come down here to get away from the cold. Yeah, right. the doctor actually said, in order because he's had so many operations, the doctor said you can't be in a cold climate. You have to be in a warm climate. He said because it's just going to shorten your lifespan because your arteries. Yeah, they were hardening. And yeah, the, arteriosclerosis. Yeah, or yeah, he had arteriosclerosis, so his arteries with the cold would, you know get hard and he would need to be down here in, in, in the warm weather. And we had visited different areas of Florida, but um, he had a friend that was in the service um, with him at the same time when he was in Vietnam. I don't think they were in the same unit, but he was friends, got to be friends with him online. His name was Joe, and he got to be friends with him online, and he said, we were visiting down in Fort Lauderdale, and he said, why don't you come up and see me and visit so we did and they I mean that was kind of funny because like go to somebody's house you don't even know who, who they really were but they were so accommodating and so nice to us and always have been good to us so um I said if well if we ever move down to Florida this is an area that I would like to live in because it reminds me of living in Warwick where we lived because everything was close by and it was just a nice area and so it turned out when the doctor said that I said well why don't you go down visit with Joe and see if you can find someplace so that's what he did and the last day that he was here he saw this house for sale by owner and they came in and then he showed me the pictures he came home and showed me all the pictures of all the places he went and th this was like the exact house that I loved you know there was a lot of things that we wanted to do to fix it up our way and we did it and yeah. so you know it all worked out good friends again yeah yeah then um yeah and then you know making a ton of friends down here yeah uh, yeah because we had uh, it was so popular we had two funerals we had one down here the, bunch of people then again at home but instead of ending like on a down note there's one big thing we haven't talked about yet you know what that is what's that his love of dogs oh dear <laughs> we got bunches of stories with the, that too oh yeah yeah. Well, oh. Uncle Walter remembers one of when we went to Estes Park. <laughs> yeah, there was a dog out there, and <laughs> he even laid on the sidewalk with the dog. Outside of a restaurant. Outside of a restaurant, because the dog was tied up, and he felt bad that the dog was out there by himself tied up. Where's your owner? And there he goes down on and petting the dog. I said, oh, my. <laughs> While everybody uh, could see you. <laughs> so it was, yeah, anyway. Anyway, so while we're down here, the, of course, the doctor's telling him, you got to walk and whatever. That was like the issue. You can't walk all year round up in Rhode Island unless you want to freeze. So he did a lot of walking with the dogs down here. And he would carry treats. And any other dog he saw, he would ask the owner if he could give them a treat. So even after um, our puppy died, our doggy died, uh, Sammy, um, he would still be going for walks, and he'd take the treats with him. He still was buying treats for, for other dogs <laughs> in the neighborhood. So he, everybody knew he loved the dogs. It's so funny. And some of the dogs were not, like, very friendly. So he would, I don't know, he was like a dog whisperer. 
So he said, no, I'll, that's okay. And he would talk to them and not go near them and whatever. And each time he got a little bit closer and there were dogs here that they avoided most people, but he finally was able to pet different dogs that I, it was like shocking. <laughs> that's how the same he, exact way. I, it yeah, was yeah. like, he's like the dog whisperer. <laughs> So anyway, and, he loved animals. Any kind of animals, though, he was really good. Oh, by the way, he'd know the dogs' names, but not the owners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I, I would say, well, who who was that? He said, well, the dog's name was whatever. Jersey. We have a Jersey down. The dog's name's Jersey. Well, what's his the the woman's name? Oh, I didn't ask her what her <laughs> name was. I said, ah. Oh. <laughs> so yep, he knew all the dogs. <laughs> don't know the names of the owners but we knew the dogs <laughs> well I, that's funny because like on my flight down here this time um there was these two older women that i was sitting next to on the plane and they had a a, a little pomeranian like in the um you know in the luggage underneath the seats there and that dog's name was molly but i couldn't tell you the name of the two ladies <laughs> that i sat next to Uh-oh. was talking to <laughs> like father like son <laughs> But yeah, we had in, in um, yeah 1996. We finally got a dog, <laughs> Sammy. <laughs> we were just talking about that today too, because um, in the neighborhood, a dog had a litter, and the people were giving away free puppies. And then um, one of Eric's friends got one. So then we, uh, of course, my dad was going to be all for it, but we had to suck my mom in. So then he ended up bringing his puppy over it was oh, like it a black it was like yeah, a black lab little black dog little <laughs> cute puppy black dog okay now wait so i said well since dad's home and whatever now because he can't work or whatever i said because now there'll be somebody to take care of the dog i didn't like having a dog and not anybody being home to take care of the dog so i said so well i would want a female dog and not a dog that's going to be too big so don't Make sure you find out how big this dog is going to be. So they go and they came back. And look at this is the dog we got. Looks absolutely nothing like <laughs> the dog they showed me and came in with the first time with the black dog. This She was like brown and black and white. <laughs> so it's like, oh, well, yeah, but she was cute. Yeah, she's a lot. She was a part of... Uh, German Shepherd, Rottweiler, Golden Retriever, and Lab. <laughs> so the one that we originally showed her was a black Lab, full, like, it looked just like a black Lab, but yeah. yeah. But Sammy was like a mix. <laughs> but and, was... and her personality sure fit our family. She fit right in. <laughs> oh, yeah. But the rule that I made was she can't be barking all the time, and there's no jumping. I don't like dog jumping, because when I was younger... The, there was a dog that came by with the owner and he had the dog loose it was a german shepherd and he let the dog come and jump on me and then one day another dog came in the yard and bit me so that was kind of why i was kind of leery about having a dog so i said we got to train this dog no jumping and no barking and she was so good we trained yeah. her yeah and she did all kinds of tricks yeah yeah she was really good she ended up being she a good dog go. yeah yeah 14 years old yeah <laughs> and actually she died around the same time oh really june 6th i think is when she passed away oh yeah yeah so they're definitely together yep. <laughs> they were attached to the hip because mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah like he was home like she was close to me at first because i was at college so i'd have i'd be home a lot but then once i like started working and everything she was around my dad the whole time and yeah <laughs> it was actually supposed to be eric's dog yeah. it ended up being dad's dog yeah you couldn't separate those two <laughs> so so that's I'm missing anything <laughs> yeah so that's kind of like the life of paul yeah. yeah everybody that went to any of the services that we had um i never heard one negative thing everybody just loved him Uh, people said he was the best hugger he was the best listener he saved people's lives he was just a really he listened to people uh you know i was i'm really bad about that but he was really he's he was really good at listening to what people had to say and let them finish their stories and if they asked for advice 
he would help them as best he could. And he was really a wonderful husband and a great dad. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, he said. And like a great granddad too. Ooh, we oh, forgot duh. about <laughs> the grandchildren. Oh my goodness, how he loves his grandchildren. Yeah. And what a rapport he has with both of them. Yeah, yeah. You gotta mention them. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah, because yeah, he's really close to with them. Yeah, yeah. But, um, when I was little, like I said, I was obsessed with the Vietnam stuff, and I would always ask him questions, but I wouldn't really get too many straight answers. But now that I think of it, but that was in the early 70s. It was like a very short time after Vietnam. So, <laughs> But now that now uh, my nephew, his grandson, was asking him questions. Now he's like opening up about everything. So now we're like finding out all the stories. He's finally able to, you know, so we, we <laughs> thanks to Matthew, we got like a lot of, you know, stories out of him. <laughs> yep, that and with Megan, uh, I'm like, he just loved listening to her. She's got a beautiful yep. voice, and he loves sitting there. And he sat there. I don't know if Megan's going to hear this, but I'll tell you, Megan, he never moved. He listened to every note you sang. He just loved listening to Megan sing. You know, sometimes people would get up and move around or whatever when some people are going to get bored. Not him. He yeah. sat there through every single uh, recital, voice recital, the shows that you did that we were able to see, he enjoyed every minute of it and talked about it to everybody. Yeah. Uh -huh. He was proud of his grandchildren, both of them. Yeah. Proud, very proud. So I hope, um, you know, that he, he did. And, and Matthew gave the, oh, the, eulogy. the eulogy, and uh, that meant a lot. So it was really, really good. And so, yep, again, he loved everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, I don't think I don't know a single person that would have like a bad thing to say about him. So. Yep. <laughs> we got all citations from the uh, president from, from, from him having been in the service. And the uh, Patriot Riders sent a plaque. Uh, thanking him for his service. So, and I also got thank yous from um, the VA and whatnot to thanking him for his service. So, mm -hmm. had a lot of uh, thank yous. So, he was very proud to serve his country as well. So, yeah, mm -hmm. he did us good. He did all of us good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... He's like a great influence. Um, yeah, unfortunately, I don't have children of my own, but hopefully, like I can take what you know he taught me, and I can pass it on to the world, pay it forward to everybody else. So, yeah, because I think my mom would tell you like my personality is a lot like his. So. Yeah, they were brought on the same day for nothing. That's <laughs> same, for sure. Yeah, same birthday, same name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he left. Quite a legacy. You'll definitely be missed. We so. just wanted to share this with everybody. Hopefully, all friends and family, or even people that are, are just going to listen to this that are not as familiar with Paul. But when I'm talking about my husband, Paul, that that they don't know him, they they would learn a lot from listening to this podcast because. This is the kind of life that you want to lead. Yep, yep. Yep, he definitely had a full life. <laughs> yep. No regrets. <laughs> yep, he made the most of it, so it was good. Oh, yeah. It, well, I was talking, I just kind of brushed over the Bob Ross paint, but he really was a great painter, and he would, um, he would give people it, some of his paintings and stuff. He actually gave paintings to the priest at church and um, at his funeral um, the priest actually had he had the uh, painting hidden and then he you know showed us it during his homily <laughs> the yeah. stairway to heaven that my dad gave him it's like so impressive <laughs> yep. he became he was like so talented <laughs> yeah and he tried all kinds of different aspects of art too 
he was trying all different things and we have the painting room to prove it <laughs> <laughs> he liked amazon <laughs> uh, so yeah he was very yeah. talented yeah. See, I don't get that part from him. Eric gets that from him. Yeah, Eric's <laughs> the painter. Yeah. He's got the legacy there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so I think that should probably be a, it for now. Um, thank you so much for listening. I really hope you all enjoyed this. Uh, all right, so... Uh, if you're interested in hearing more from me, you can follow the Roadrunner. That's R H O D E on um, on all the social medias on um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, mostly on Instagram. And then I also started a um, Patreon page. It's on Patreon.com/slash/TheRoadrunner, and um, for three dollars a month, you'll get to see some of my my writing i'm writing a short story every month or an excerpt from a book i'm working on and then um there's also be some little extras on there like a little extra podcast and you know it'll expand as i go along with it i'm still learning it so and maybe i'll get more ideas as i get more subscribers so thank you so much for that and then yeah, that's about it hopefully i'll be like putting more of these out more frequently now so thank you so much thank, thank you Ma, for doing this thank i hope you had fun doing this you really did thank you <laughs> everyone for listening and i hope you enjoyed it okay everybody until next time we'll see you out on the road